We're definitely going viral this month, so keep away, otherwise you might catch something. And we don't want your bits to fall off, especially not your ears. No, come back. It's only the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, episode 68. But this month we have been swimming through pus, bursting blisters, catching our scabs on the furniture, and we've probably got a touch of the sniffles too. Which would be a more interesting thing to say if I didn't audibly have a touch of the sniffles myself. I didn't when I wrote this, and I do now. What can you do? I've gone method. Uh, Disease and decay is the theme of the show, so somebody call a doctor, or at least a cleaner. The bathroom's a fucking mess. Uh, I'm Cliff, and joining me to discuss the unpleasantness, like the Professor Chris Whitty of horror, are Bryony, Emily, and hopefully joining us in a bit, Luke, who's currently detained. Hello. 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 All right. And our guest devil this month is fully vaxxed, waxed, and ready to yak, uh, by which I mean talk, not puke. It's horror podcaster and influencer, Zobo with a shotgun. Hello, Zoe. Zobo. Um, I Hello. I guess, guess the most appropriate question is, are you well? Yes, I am well. I don't seem to be afflicted with any of the any of the ailments you mentioned, so all is good. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> I guess you're gearing up for Fright Fest this weekend, which will be in... I am. I think it'll be in full swing by the time this goes out. What's the top of your to-watch pile there? I'm actually only going there for the drinks this year because uh, I go on holiday very early on Sunday, but I am going to see my friend Ariel Basker. She's got her short film playing on the Friday, I think before a film called Tiny Cinema. So I'm going to go and check that out. But yeah, other than that, not not going to be seeing anything, unfortunately. That sounds like a really nice way to do Fright Fest. 15 <laughs> minutes of film in a sweaty cinema and then down the pub. Wouldn't exactly. mind that. It's just the best bits, the drunk bits. <laughs> uh, Emily, you're popping along at all. Uh, I might go and see the odd film, but this is one of those years where, as I think the last couple of years have been, where I've been like, right, I'm going to go to Fright Fest, I'm going to go for the whole weekend, and then I've either forgotten when the tickets have gone on sale or gone, nah, I can do something else. So <laughs> I'll see if anything's still got tickets, I might go and see something. I've never done the whole full weekend thing, because I always think that I would, but I've done like days, and after like three movies, I'm like, I've had enough now, I want to see some daylight. Yeah. Well, forget the future, what about the past, as the Spice Girls didn't quite say what are your horror highs and lows of the last few weeks, Brian Me, I watched Dead Pit, which is the second most um, Garth Marenghi film I've watched this month. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I know what the first most is. We'll get onto that later. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it was great. So it's um, people in a mental health facility. A woman has amnesia, uh, and there's a pit full of dead people, which they've put some like some plywood over and some polyfiller. And then an earthquake mysteriously shatters it because it was such a structurally sound pit of dead. So in the past, there was like a, a creepy doctor who's possibly British going, oh, I'm doing experiments on people. I can do what I want. And then he's killed and put in the pit and polyfilled over. And chaos ensues. I quite enjoyed it. I was watching it on a bus and just getting some very interesting looks from uh, my small child passenger next to me. Not my child. Don't know whose it was. But yeah. It was naff and really enjoyable, and I I enjoy naff and enjoyable. But my proper enjoyable one was, I think Luke spoke about it last month, was Black Phone. I wrote it off when I saw the trailer, but it was actually really fucking good. It was a good, not Stephen King story, and even thought was brilliant in it. So several thumbs up for Black Phone, uh, and several thumbs up for Dead Pit. 
thing I didn't like about the Black Phone is I really liked it when it was just a high school drama at the start and then I didn't like it when the ghosts come out because ghosts are boring and shit and <laughs> tell the little boy exactly what he has to do so he doesn't have to figure out anything for himself. Meanwhile, the detectives are trying to figure out what to do and lo and behold, the little girl has a dream where she finds out what no, the detectives had to do. All, it was and... all set up, wasn't it? Like, we all knew she was a spooky girl and they weren't saying, like, exactly what to do. But no, I liked it. I mean, I like crime dramas and I like spooky ghosts, so mix them together. Uh, Zoe, Emily, you've seen Black Phone or indeed The Dead Pit? No, not seen no, either of them. Right, right, move on then. Emily. <laughs> Um, confession time, I've watched bugger all films this month, apart from most of the films on the watch list. And last night I went to see Nope, which I don't uh-huh. think necessarily counts as horror. It's one of those films where for a while afterwards I was like, I'm not sure what I thought about that. But on reflection, I think I actually really liked it. Yeah. It has got some moments of horrific stuff happening. It's a little bit of a kind of a slow burner to start with. But when the weird shit happens, it's done extremely well. And um, I think Jordan Peele's one of those people that, well, he's only made the three movies, but going by his track record, I think he's always going to be coming up with something that's interesting. So, yeah. It is interesting. I think he could do with tightening up his first acts. And uh, yes. Yeah, because there's a lot of extraneous stuff that could be sort of compressed together rather than you know things set up for later getting their whole own scene with nothing else happening it's like this yeah you did get the feeling a little bit that he loved the characters so much and loved the actors being the characters Mm. that it was like okay just have a scene where nothing happens but they're just like having a chat or whatever so for the first little while of it i was thinking oh god this is too this film's over two hours it's going to be really tedious and then suddenly it just kind of goes really really quickly the creature effects and stuff when they happen are so kind of unusual and interesting and it's got this sort of cosmic horror sense to it which i really really liked well, I mean, he obviously loves Daniel Kaluuya. Yes. So do you yeah. think he might do Parking Patawayo the movie? Oh, I bloody hope so. That yeah. would be amazing. Parking Patawayo versus Cthulhu. I would watch that. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> All let's, day. Let's script it and send it to And him. also the Psychoville, like a longer, oh, longer yeah, Psychoville yeah. movie. Yeah, it was Tea Leaf. Yeah, yeah. So like for ages I kept forgetting what Daniel Kaluuya's name was. So I'd just be like, oh, Tea Leaf's got an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's he's great as he as he always is, and uh, I think Kiki Palmer's brilliant in it as well. Mm-hmm. Plays his plays his sister. She's um, I can completely see why if you've got her in a movie, you would just be like, okay, just go because she's just amazing. So then you've just got that as your high and no low, yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah. All right, um, Luke is not here. Cross him off, bad boy, naughty boy. Uh, Zoe, highs and lows. Um, I've been doing a lot of rewatches recently, obviously watched a lot um, for this podcast, which we'll talk about, but we were watching tentacle movies at the weekend. <laughs> um, we did like a back-to-back tentacle movies, and I guess I got some lows and some highs. A low was The Host, um, which I think is a Korean horror film. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho, I made Parasite. Yeah, that's it. Thought I was going to love it. It's all right. Absolutely just did not vibe with it. I felt like the tone was all over the place and I wanted to see more monsters. So that was a bit of a low for the week. And then I got to rewatch Baskin, um, Uh which is really batshit descent into hell, Turkish movie. One of my like favorites ever. Um, I think this was like, I don't know, like the eighth time or something watching it, but was just as perfect as I remember it. Uh, and then the other high would be another rewatch of The Void, 
um, mm. lots of tentacles and monsters and surprisingly really scary from what I remembered. I was absolutely shitting myself at home on Saturday night. Yeah, it's a good film, that. Milo, Milo, is called She Who Must Burn. It's a Canadian film from 2015. It's one of those really dreary indie horrors that I hate. They're all brown, boring to look at, boring to listen to. I think it's kind of like if they're trying to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but about Christian fundamentalist anti-abortionists. And instead of like wearing someone's face on their face, the lead villain is dressed exactly like Ronnie Cray of the Cray Twins for some reason. <laughs> Uh, it gets grim at the end but it's just so badly made and it's badly acted and badly written Uh, the IMDB trivia under goofs everyone's favourite section the goof section says in one scene here's a goof Errol's face and hands are dirty from coal yet his helmet is white less less a goof goof and more a medical condition I think (laughs) and my high um, well it's not a film. I'm going to I'm going to cheat a bit. Um, I was off at Edinburgh Fringe. I think I've got fringe flu now, but I have to mention uh, former guest devil Elf Lyons's show Raven, which is sort of comedy horror show. It's very Oh, hello, Luke. Luke's turned yeah. up, everyone. Hey! Yay! Luke, 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 Luke. Anyway, <laughs> Elf Lies is Raven. It's very Stephen King influenced and it's very funny, but also it's got a big thread about um, Hollow Man, which we talked about last time. Oh, month. no way. Yeah. Um, and she's on tour with it from October. Get tickets if you want to see an amazing horror comedy show live. It's great. Elf Lions Raven. Okay, that's our highs and lows. So, all right. Oh, no, Luke. Luke, you're here. You can do yours. You can do yours. Uh, um, My high is Jordan Pill's Nope. All right, we just spoke Um, about that. You should have been here. Yay. I had... Sorry, I'm so, yeah, I had fun with it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's as good as Us and Get Out, but I liked what it did, and it has one of the best shots that I've seen in a horror film recently. What was the uh, shot? Oh, just the blood raining on the house. Oh, that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah. that is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and low. My low is uh, I don't know why I keep trusting Netflix horrors. Um, it was the new a film called Day Shift, which is oh, Jamie Foxx. That was my low. That's what I meant to speak about. See, this is why we need Luke at all times. At all times to remind me I watched that. Oh, I for- here's the thing. After an hour of watching it, I'd forgotten that I'd watched it. Um, that's sort of how, <laughs> so how bad it is. And then it, it has the audacity to reference Lost Boys at the end. And it's oh. like, you don't deserve that reference, Snoop. <laughs> Go back to your cooking show. Go back to your cooking show. Who is it starring? Ainsley Harriet. No, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart have a cooking show. Yeah, they do mm. a cooking show together. After mm. Martha, St- Martha Stewart stars in it. Yeah, they're yeah. like Bessie mates. Wow. And, and <laughs> in Day Shift. Oh, sorry, what, what, who? Oh, no, what? no, no, no. Like, <laughs> no like the... I was telling Snoop that he should go back to his cooking show. So Snoop's in Day Shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Martha Stewart isn't. Yeah. And what about Ainsley Harriet? No, he's he's just off. No, but now. Snoop is the Ainsley Harriet of America. All right. <laughs> is Anthony Worrell Thompson in it? Yes. No. <laughs> he's a little goblin. Yeah, well, he is a little goblin. That's great he's casting. A little goblin. <laughs> I love flavour. Um, this is how forgettable it is. I'm sure, like we shared in the group chat, like a picture of it, and I was like, "Oh, that looks good." Because remember, I'm an idiot, and Cliff was like, "That looks terrible." Because I am perceptive. 
I've noticed a pattern. There's one friend of mine who every so often will message me and be like, oh, yeah, I watched this film on Netflix and it was really, really good. I won't watch it. And then a few weeks later, one of you will pick it as your low. Your friend's obviously an influencer. Yeah, he must be. I'm going to tell him that when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the time? And for our first feature this month, we're going arty with Yorgos Lanthimos's 2017 adaptation of a play by Euripides, mm, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Good afternoon, you must be Martin. That's right. You must be Anna. That's right. I brought you some little gifts. That's very kind of you. It's a keyring with a musical note on it for Kim, because I know she likes music. What a charming boy. How long have you known him? Quite some time. His father was a patient of mine. I wanted to say one more thing. I'm really sorry about Bob. It's nothing serious. No, it is. They will all get sick and die. Bob will die. Kim will die. Your wife will die. Understand? No, I don't. My mom's attracted to you. She's got a great body. He's got issues. Serious psychological issues. Married surgeon Stephen Murphy has a secret fatherly relationship with Martin, the teenage son of a former patient. But Martin starts demanding more of Stephen with ultimately fatal results. Luke, you picked this, didn't you? He's gone. Oh. He's run away. I could do Luke. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's really good. Was that actually your impression of Luke? Or? No, it's not. Hang no. on. Now. It was really good. Oh, hello. Is that you doing like a generic man voice? Like you get um, men that do a generic woman voice that sounds like a sort of Monty Python granny crossed with a parrot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello, I'm a bloke. I'm a man. (laughs) Hello, I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, that does sound like me. (laughs) <laughs> uh no i i liked do i do my real voice or my lady voice which voice do I do? who am i um i like this i didn't realize it was based on a play because i'm uncultured but i did watch it and go they're talking like they're in a play i did mm. like how colin farrell his delivery was very similar to um what's the name of the lad in father ted that all the old ladies like you and with love yeah, I've no willy. It was yeah, very easy. Exactly, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Owen McClough and I'll do what I like. Yeah. yeah. I'm not wearing a cake jumper. This is horrible. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very that, very that. I really liked like the way the dialogue and the way the dialogue was delivered was so detached and I loved it because it was just so unnerving. I feel like if I'd watched this in a cinema, I would have felt quite sick because it's such an oppressive sort of feeling as it gets more and more and more. And the sort of nonchalantness of like Bob's dying. Yeah, I really I, I enjoyed this. It was it was something different. It was something nice. It was uh, it was good. Yes, I love this movie. As you said, Bryony, it's very unsettling. Like the tone of it's super super bleak. And I love bleak films. Anything that's like very depressing. And yeah, I feel like this one just really gets under your skin. Uh, there's a lot of like throwbacks and kind of like references to some of the like darker side of cinema with more kind of like disturbing dramas and things like that in there. And I just think it's like one of the best kind of ways to build horror and make it very like 
understated and this is coming from someone that loves you know full-on gore and mm. nastiness yeah. i think they do that so well in this film it's also quite funny it is he does black humor extremely well well this is his yeah. least funny film i know but there's still a couple of bits where i felt very very guilty about it but i was like <laughs> that's exactly funny. what i was going to say it makes you feel so childish laughing at the funny bits because it's yeah. so somber <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost like sort of Chris Morris kind of like Blue Jam type okay. stuff. Yeah, 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 like with yeah, the, yeah. When the yeah. boy is completely limp and the dad's going, oh, come on, you're fine. And the kid's like, <laughs> like a dead... Even a dead the horrible climactic bit where he's just spinning around in a circle yeah. with a hat pulled know, down over his head. Mad. It's really it's funny. Mad. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be horrible. Well, it's funny, but it's also just like, this is a guy who's so shit at making decisions. He, oh, yeah. he prides himself on making decisions in his job. And, you know, it's it's well deep, but it's also hilarious. Barry Keegan, who plays Martin, he's a mucky looking man, isn't he? Mm. Mm. Yeah. The first of two very mucky looking young men we're going to be talking about tonight. He's amazing. Everything I've seen him in. Mm. Until I looked at a photo of him, what he looks like now, and he's grown into a normal looking man. And I really hope that mm. doesn't ruin his career. Yeah, it's only like five years since this film was made and he's grown into like an attractive normal man. Well, I wouldn't go so far as attractive, but he's not the oh, see my type, so fugly you know teenager why. that he used to be. <laughs> Well, that's not true. Your boyfriend is, uh, is, is, I'm not going to say he's an Adonis, but he's like a little baby boy. He's a little baby little wooden boy. I love him. Um, <laughs> Chubby cheek little baby boy. Oh, yes, I will young. It's great. He listens to this, doesn't he? Luke, you're back. <laughs> Your computer crashed. It's going very well tonight. Let's see if there's anything you can say about killing the sacred deer that you haven't already, well, you haven't heard us say anything. Uh, what were you going to say about it? Uh, it's just a very uncomfortable film. Hmm. Uh, it's probably bad that I found some of this really unintentionally funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're just saying. We're literally what we were just saying. We don't think it is unintentional because, like, most of his other films are comedies. I'm sure I read that he wrote it as a comedy. Is Doctor for comedy? Oh, fuck yeah. Doctor's hilarious. Yeah, Doctor's <laughs> funny. What, incest? Is that, is that the funny part? Is that the funny part of it? <laughs> if you never fuck your dad, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just your dad, Cliff. <laughs> he does have a very funny tasting cock. So. <laughs> oh. Ah, do you remember earlier? I was like, yeah, more people from my work are listening to this. <laughs> oh, yeah, you work in social care. That's really yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Mm. It's all right, I've not fucked Cliff's dad, so, you know, have at it. It's okay, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You're not on the, if anyone the from social care is listening to this. I'm just going to stop. Anyway. I was saying, why would it matter if you had fucked Cliff's dad for social care? (laughs) I mean, he's old, but he's not that ill. It's like um, General Major Tom going up and down the garden for the NHS. Fuck Cliff's dad for social care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then he'll get immortalised in fireworks on the (laughs) scene. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Images of the sky of the Brian just going up and down on my dad's knob. Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> well, with the Captain Tom one, didn't he do a thumbs up? <laughs> up where? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, scenes, yeah. the scenes that I found the funniest was for some reason, when he was trying to force feed the child the donut. And the mum was <laughs> yeah. just like, he's not he's not going to eat it after he's doing that. And then he was like, you've got to eat all those donuts within five minutes. Mm. 
And then when he tells him he's going to cut off all his hair and make him eat it. Oh, God, that's that so scene. weird. Oh. It was just, just funny for just the way that Colin Farrell delivered it. Mm. Hang on, Luke. There's some incest reference in here when um, Stephen talks about the time he wanked off his sleeping brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm guessing you laughed the whole way through a Serbian film then, didn't you? <laughs> I think Zoe's more likely to have, to be honest. There's some funny bits in a Serbian There are, film, there are. You know. <laughs> yeah, but Cliff laughs at the incest bits the most. Incest is hilarious. <laughs> We're going to have to put this on like the new merch, like on the tote bags, like Devil Times 5, incest is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Listen now. Yeah, we'll sell, we'll sell as many, uh, if not more, than the previous design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've never put them on sale. I've never put them on sale, they're free. They're free to anyone who wants them until they've run out. I've got one. It's a good bag. Yeah. It's a very good bag. Yeah. yeah. At Devil X5, if you want a free tote bag until we run out. <laughs> Aside, we've run we've out. Got five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only got 10 of them made, you know. I'm not going to go wild. <laughs> How many have you got left? 10. None. I think I got through them all. Oh, I think really? I've given them away or got through them all. Oh, I feel special now. Um, oh. Let's stop talking about incest. All right. Well, The Killing of a Sacred Deer and indeed our discussion about it proves that disease horror movies can be cerebral and classy. Uh, on the other hand, you could just watch a man gorily melt for 80 minutes like in 1977's <laughs> The Incredible Melting Man. Steve. 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 I'd, like to see, I'd like to see a remake with uh, Danny Dyer just called The Incredible Melt. <laughs> nice. Steve, 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 you Steve. I love this. I unironically love this. It uh, starts off with like, "Wow, you've never seen anything." So he's seen the sun through Saturn's ring. Uh, he wakes up in hospital. He chases a plump woman through a big hallway. She smashes right <laughs> through a glass plane window, just right through. No force, no like thunk, just right through. Uh, he melts over about 80 minutes or so. One of the guys, one of the science men has been tasked with finding him. Why? Because the big general said so. Just go find him. Mm-hmm. Could have sent a man with a gun. He sends a science man. Yeah. And the science man's like, he has no reasoning now. His brain's melting. He just wants flesh. That's just what's happening. And then later on in the film, he's like, I'm going to try and reason with him. Steve! 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 <laughs> For... The longest three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he melts. Well, when I first watched it with a bunch of mates, when we were like 18, 19, something like that, it was the longest 80 minutes of our lives. We hated it. We thought it was so boring. And I just cannot understand why a bunch of teenage gorehounds would have hated this film. It's really good. Well, the melty bits are fun, but it does suffer from the same problem as a lot of Roger Corman stuff, as in there's brilliant, like, icky set pieces but there's quite a lot of just talking and i suppose if you Mm. just want to see the melty bits you're like i want to see the melty bits i suspect the melty bits weren't as good on vhs either as they are on Mm. lovely blu-ray that's true it has got a favorite trope in cinema though old women in lemons is that your favorite trope in cinema it's our favorite (laughs) is that a trope or is it just a thing that happens in the happening in this? Yeah, that's, it's happened twice, therefore it's a trope. I'm calling it. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know how many you need for a trope. <laughs> Two. There you go. It happened once in a film that we talked about um, just 44 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I enjoy like naff 70s films like that, where they basically have a vague idea and then this series of vignettes sort of tied together. So it's like, mm. she'll get her tits out and then he'll melt. Um, these two old folks will be like, let's go in this orange grove and steal oranges. 
because that's what old folks do, fucking mm-hmm. rebels. And they're like, oh no, lemons are better. And then the melt man comes and he melts. I did enjoy the guy picking the head out of the river. That was funny. Oh, that bit with the head's amazing. I, I enjoyed oh, the children smoking. That was great. Love watching children smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and drink your gin. <laughs> Different film, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bryony, I feel like you should do the trailer for it. That little <laughs> synopsis was you, amazing. My favourite thing was my mate Sean texted me going, how did the incredible melting man end it? I just texted that going, he melted. So. You're not wrong. <laughs> what more can you ask, mate? He melts. <laughs> There's no point that they think we can try and stop this bloke melting, is there? No, they're just like, let's stop him. Mm. Steve! Oh, he's melted. It's like, you know, none of this arty farty killing of the sacred deer. There's no fucking deer. Metal man. There's a man and he melts. Mm. Does what, what it says in the tin. Exactly. I like meat. I like gravy. I like melting men. I like my pints. <laughs> I like my films simple. Simple as. I wrote a note that Ted's mum seems to think she's Edith Massey in Pink Flamingos and I kept expecting to uh, to say, is the Eggman coming? (laughs) So presumably she speaks like that, but I can't remember. She does, she does. She's like, get the lemons. Oh, that's the lemon woman, right? That's the lemon lady, yes. (laughs) And the husband's like, oh, I don't know about this. And she's like, the lemons. And she's like, oh no, he's melting. Is Marge Simpson in this? No, do you know what? I was feeling like it was more going towards Estelle from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your totally, body yeah. is a melting amusement park. Um. <laughs> uh, right, well, splatter is the obvious approach for these sort of movies, and that's just what we get in 2012's The Natamorphose, in which an unhappy woman just sort of rots over 90-odd <laughs> minutes of screen time. I mean, over 90-odd minutes. I mean, the first 20 minutes, all that happens is, like, we just watch her sort of get undressed, get dressed again. Make breakfast. Yeah, have a little wank. <laughs> Read the first line of a letter out loud and then throw it away because she's... Oh, the, the act in this is terrible. The Her boyfriend, he, he does that weird European thing of if they can't speak very good English, they just say fuck at the end. Like, Did you not check this place out before you rented it? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. You've just sold it to me. I, f- I felt so <laughs> drained by this film. You said it took 20 minutes. Mm. It's 36 minutes until she starts rotting and we have to sit through her brushing her hair for a good two minutes at one point and then going for a pay. <laughs> but I was being generous because about 20 minutes in, you see a bit of dark skin on her arm. Yeah, but that's, that's just a bruise that they then talk about at the party anyway. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the very exciting party. Don't you wish you were invited to that? There was no music playing, just nothing. Nope. Just them sat around. Not really liking each other. Uh, it has the most awkward um, blowjob scene I have oh. ever seen in a film Fucking for a yeah. man that looks like he doesn't know if he's enjoying it or not. Um, well, to be fair, to be fair, she probably stinks like a zombie. So, But he was still carrying on with it. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know what those people told him his reaction face to be, but that is, um, <laughs> I don't know why we had to have it focused on his face for a whole minute. Of him putting yeah. the weirdest faces ever. What sparked her rotting? What was the catalyst? Don't know, really. Yeah. Just happens. I think she's just unhappy, and it's kind of yeah. metaphorical. Oh, it's a metaphor. <laughs> but yeah, there is definitely a trope in some of these films that men will just stick their dick in anything. doesn't matter how disintegrated these women are becoming. As in, 2013's Contracted. Yeah, that was a fun scene. It's more fun than the one in Thinematomorphos. I was expecting it to be really, really bad, but... And it was. It wasn't great. But yeah, that scene... 
got a chuckle out of me when he was going, oh, you're so wet. And I was mm. like, uh, uh, and then all the maggots, <laughs> maggots, maggots, maggots. That's maggots. pretty grim. <laughs> And bits of sick. It was extremely Garth Marenghi that that one. But I, I I kind of I mean it's it's bollocks, but it's kind of watchable bollocks. Yeah, I suppose. it had a plot, and I quite liked the predictable twist. Not enough to make me watch the sequel. You're not missing much. Let's put it no. that way. I mean, essentially, lad shags a cadaver. Same lad proved he's already not that upstanding. Ruthie's someone shags her. She eventually gets a cadaver disease and turns to a zombie. Mm-hmm. And she has a girlfriend who's got the worst British accent oh, ever. Man. Oh, horrendous. <laughs> that was so funny. It's going a wee bit fast for me, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were some bits where she sounded Australian, and then yeah. there were other bits where she'd just say things like, oh, and this fella came round. <laughs> it's fellow, oh, she yes, said yes. fellow, actually. I shouldn't say yeah. fella. So it's just like, make your mind up this rock British accent you're going to do. Don't do all of them in one go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, uh, and and uh, the um, central character in it, right? Okay, so she's called Samantha England. The director's name is Eric England. I wonder what that says about mm. Eric England's state of mind that he needed to name this poor woman after himself. Did he write it as well? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. He just—I yeah, couldn't really think of anything else, could he? It might be that. Oh, Luke, I hope you appreciated that there was music at the party scene in this one. It's just that the music was clearly written by the guy who did the score, having been told, "Can you write something that sounds like?" cool dance music that they'd have at a party and it's like <laughs> i'll try it's always when they um when you can tell the low budget films well they want to try and put in an actual track but they can't afford to put it in yeah mm-hmm. so they, yeah like you've said they just have to get the guy that's on the score so it's at least royalty free yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh do you know yeah. what i found out recently Hans zimmer has a brother other zimmer who basically has made a career of doing covers of Hans zimmer films for movies that can't afford Hans zimmer <laughs> That's amazing. That's that's cool. (laughs) I feel like I've made this up, but I've also said it quite confidently, so I'm going to go along with it, yeah. (laughs) Because I've not got any acting facts this month, because none of these people have been in any other films. Um... (laughs) That's very true. Uh, Zoe, did you watch Contracted? I did watch Contracted, and I watched the second one as well. Okay. Yeah, it's not as good uh, as I remembered it to be. I didn't love it that she was a zombie. Yeah, it was a bit obvious, wasn't it? You kind of were expecting something even more disgusting and horrible to happen. It was like, no, it's just a yeah. zombie. Mm. I kind of just wanted her to die. Charming. Or turn into a giant maggot. So Contracted Phase 2, in which... All right, so one of the things in Contracted is that there's this kind of nice guy character who Sam would be fine if she'd like gone out with a bloke who was fucking stalking her and he'd looked after her, I think is the message. I'm not sure that is the message. No? Because, yeah, I, I get the feeling that he's just kind of like, no, he's, he's still a creep. He's just one another person in her life who's not helpful and destructive we can see that he's a creep i'm not sure that eric england thinks he's a creep Mm. Mm. i don't know in the first movie anyway the second one obviously it's complicated by the fact he's the protagonist yeah and did you find the second one funnier like the scene where he sneezes all that blood over the (laughs) over the (laughs) mirror in the place where he's at a party and like he's trying to clean it up i thought that was really funny uh because probably because he's like such an unlikable character because like he's yeah, he's a fucking stalker and a creep and he looks like James Blunt. <laughs> yeah, he does, actually. Um, it does get a little bit like something you might see in like Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, where it's yeah. just like bodily fluid spraying everywhere. But they, they try to do a sort of post-credit sting where they're, they're trying to do a kind of a Saw universe thing with it, aren't they? Just the whole, mm. oh, 
oh look there's a conspiracy it's like it, it's it's much better if you just leave it as this weird shit happened so did the man fuck a corpse as part of a conspiracy yeah he did he's like a sort of <laughs> he, weirdly enough he doesn't go i fucked a corpse because i wanted to he's kind of like you know in um serial killer movies where you get the serial killer who's a bit kind of like you're all scum and i'm gonna destroy you all yeah, 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 yeah. like a joker syndrome mm. yeah that kind of situation but it also it turns out at the end that her doctor that she sees in the first movie is yeah. is in on it um and i guess they just maybe they, they said to that actor all right we'll give you another 50 dollars if you come back and turn up in this scene and look a bit sinister and he was like all right so <laughs> that's, that's not the same doctor that riley's doctor is it who's um the really weird no. way he gives he gives riley his test result he's like um we've got the results through and it's not good news it's great news you're clear <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then there's the um, cop, her accent. Okay, fair enough, she's Glaswegian. I don't know why there's this Glaswegian what? cop. But when, you, when she first speaks, I was like, what the fuck is she saying? Because she goes like, how well did you do Alice Patrick? It's like, once you get used to the fact that she's she's Scottish, um, it makes sense. But it just sounds like they've hired somebody who just can't talk. There's a random scene where the scene where he's first talking to the cop and she's got a mug that's clearly got nothing in it that she keeps sipping out for a very, very long time. And for some reason, every time it cut back to that, I was starting to find it really, really Oh, funny. they couldn't afford liquid on the film. No liquid, no. I noticed that with a lot of horrors, though. They never actually have anything in the mugs. But yeah. It's, yeah, they're always just shaking it around, but there's never actually anything in there. Always bothers me. <laughs> Make sure you give us a call next time you see one of those, yeah? Or, um, I just want to do films next time of people <laughs> drinking cups of tea when there's not actually cups of tea. Is that what the song Hey Ya is about? It's about shake it like a Polaroid picture. Because interestingly enough, I've just remembered my friend's sister when she was, that, this, that song's quite old now, my friend's sister was convinced that song was about incest. On the basis of... Why do we keep going yeah, back to why? incest? Because it seems to be the incest-themed episode. I didn't start uh. it. Shake it like you're fucking your sister. <laughs> no, there's a whole... There's the line about, thank God for mum and dad for sticking two together because we don't know how. And I was like... But the, surely the whole point there is that they're not... They don't have the same mum and dad. He's talking about his mum and dad. And my mate's sister was like, no, nah, I got the same. Anyway, she's, she's, a, she's a grown-up now and she has two kids that girl that said that whereas i am still talking about this so <laughs> and so you got anything more on contracted phase two before we move on i just thought it was a bit shit to be honest i didn't think that they needed to bother with him like why does he get a story well never mind that bloke riley let's watch another woman be all gross instead Ugh, women ick that's what these films are about really isn't it <laughs> it really is it's yeah. just like yeah. women let's assault her and then yeah look look she's got Ugh. things come out of her Ugh. yeah i had Ugh. such high hopes for this month man so 2015's Bite, <laughs> in which a bride-to-be gets bitten by a parasitic insect on her hen weekend in Costa Rica. Um, first thing I noticed about this, does she look like the sort of woman who uh, would be a subscriber to Fangoria magazine? Not really. 
And yet there it is on a coffee table. Yeah, that felt really like pointless that, that it was just her putting, she puts like a cup on top of it, doesn't she, or something? Yeah. Is there anything in the cup? No, no, it's not. Oh, we'd have to watch it again now. <laughs> he didn't look like he was enjoying his pasta as well. I don't think that was proper pasta that they made in this film. Just made out of string. So I don't understand this couple, right? They've been together, well, they're engaged. They live in the same apartment building. It looks like they're next door to each other, yet they've never had a shag just because his mum lives in the same building but in a different apartment. Have they never heard of, like, going somewhere else or drilling a glory hole through their wall or something like that? <laughs> well, I think it's just more that he's really, really loyal to his mum, but how she would actually know if they'd been shagging is totally Oh, God, is he shagging his mum? I didn't watch this one. No, he's not no, shagging no, his no. mum. <laughs> Get your mind out she might the be sniffing right, him eh? to find out if he's been shagging her. No, I'm not going to watch this one. Yeah, you don't need to watch this one. It's basically like, what if the fly but a lady and no one knew was good? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But there's a couple of bits that are quite fun. When she's actually become an insect, it almost tips over into camp, which is always always makes me go, yeah, like this, because it's completely batshit. And she does the kind of weird kind of head twitch when she's going all insecty, which is quite a nice little touch. And then there's eggs everywhere. There's one scene which is very darkly funny and again reminded me of a Chris Morris sketch where she's having a nightmare that she's laid eggs everywhere and mm. everyone's screaming babies at her because she says spends a lot of the film going, I don't know if I should marry him because I don't know if I want to have babies. And then surprise, she's been bitten by this insect and now she's pregnant with insect babies. And so she has this nightmare about laying eggs. She wakes up and she has laid eggs. Ooh, Fucking loads ooh. of them. Yeah, but the whole thing with them all screaming babies was just kind of surreally funny. It's about a Joss Stone single. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> what? I don't remember that Joss Stone song. What? I want to have your babies get serious like crazy. And at the end, she goes, babies, 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 babies everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've forgotten that. I thought there was a Joss Stone song about laying insect eggs. <laughs> um, so this film is the reason why I've never fancied bubble tea. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another good way to get a parasite is to eat rotten human meat in the hope that it may cure your bone cancer, as in the 2004 shot on video gore fest, Bone Sickness. So I don't think any of you have watched that, have you? <laughs> I watched oh, the no. first five minutes. <laughs> But then I've learnt my lesson with this month's. If it was written, directed by the same person, I just went, nah. All right. I'll just play you a couple of clips of, of how good the acting is it. Actually, this line made me laugh. You need to strengthen your bones. The doctor said there was no cure for them. Yep, there's no cure for bones. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no cure for bones. Um, and there's a character in it called Mrs Clancy. And the actress was clearly, clearly shot completely separately from the scene she's in. And I think she also probably only had her half of the script as well, because she does not know what she's reacting to. And her final line, oh, okay then. She's she's way too happy about saying, oh, okay then. I know it's probably none of my business, but that woman was here nearly every other day while you were gone. Yeah, that was probably my husband's friend, Kristen. Um, Thomas is helping her with her sick husband. Oh, I see. Very pretty girl she is. I'd be very worried if I were you about my husband's eye strain. There's no need to worry. They're just friends. 
Oh, okay then. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good film. I really like it actually. Um, it's obviously terribly acted. Yeah, it sounded it really sounded it from it's, those clips. It's obviously terribly acted. There's some weird things like um, to film police cars going down a the street. They obviously just found a parked police car and shot it from two different angles, moving the camera <laughs> up the road a bit. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. But there's some really good like worm puking. There's a bit where like has explosive diarrhea against the bathroom wall it's horrible and there's a bit there's a bit where a guy goes unfortunately i have this vicious hunger inside me that i cannot control anymore and um yeah it's, it's good bone sickness have a look Aww. at it check it out sound of okay. the summer um sticking with parasites i was very impressed with the bay uh, which is directed by barry levinson of rain man and good morning vietnam fame weirdly you're blimey i didn't finish this um i got bored but I didn't mind what I saw. It was very Jaws-esque. Mm-hmm. Just want to say, Luke hasn't noticed I've been drinking out of an empty water bottle for three minutes. So. <laughs> shit. Well, it's not a mug, though, is it, Bryony? So, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, shit, no. There's water in there. <laughs> yeah, we go, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I mean, I liked what I saw of it. You know, you said it's a bit like Jaws. You don't say it's Jaws-esque. Weirdly, uh, in that first bit where everyone's panicking... There's a bit where you see just this small upside down inflatable shark in a swimming pool. It maybe go, whoa! <laughs> <I don't know> <laughs> <why>. <laughs> Most pathetic bit of jumping I've ever done. Aww. This one was very, very well made, and there, there are certainly the nods to Jaws, but it's relentlessly grim and not in a way that was fun, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it quite sort of nihilistic, and uh, I don't know. It was kind of, it's yeah. something you, you could watch it and admire it and then go, oh, I don't want to watch that ever again. Work for me. I did like it. I don't normally like found footage, as you know. So, well, it, it does a good job with the found footage because it's loads of different types of things. So yeah. you've got like stuff teenagers recording themselves. You've got like TV news. You've got the um, the sort of video diary of the woman that was the reporter on the day. Though at the beginning, she says something like, "I graduated in communications from American University." <laughs> and I laughed at that because that reminded me of Garth Marenghi, the whole I, I graduated from Harvard College, Yale, like aced all my classes and got an A. Um, yeah. And there is something really horrific about if you're uh, an eating, um, you know, what do they call those things? Competition eating contest. Yeah, that, those freaks, and, and then yeah, everyone yeah. starts oh, yeah. puking and shitting everywhere. But wasn't yeah. it a water drinking competition? No, no, their mugs were totally empty. No, no, it's... Um, it was crab eating. Crab eating. Oh, crab eating. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was water drinking. Water drinking competition. Don't they get the sickness through the water, though? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yes, that's it. Yeah. The woman's drinking yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. And the winner of yeah. this year's water drinking competition is... <laughs> oh. I can't leave that in, can I? No, no. 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 All right, I won't then. I'll cut that. Um, <laughs> anything more on the bay? I really like The Bay. Um, hmm. I watched it when it first came out with a group of friends and it's, I think you mentioned it, Emily, quite bleak like mm. as a movie. And then I remember it being amazing and I showed my boyfriend it maybe like, I don't know, about a year ago and he turned to me halfway through and he was like, this might be the shittest film you have <laughs> ever showed me. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't really like it that much. We'll turn it off. And I was like, oh, I thought it was really good again. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be such a pushover. (laughs) Stand your ground. (laughs) I think I felt embarrassed. I was like, is it that bad? Is my taste that bad? (laughs) No, no, it's really good. It's it's one of my favourites we've watched this month, actually. So that's a sort of mockumentary thing. And another mockumentary type movie that I've dug up for us to watch. 
is the BBC's long-forgotten post-9-11 Threads for a New Era, Smallpox 2002, Silent Weapon. Now, oh. so I've always said, like, The Exorcist is the scariest film I've ever seen. But then I remembered that Smallpox 2002 shat me up for days when that went out. Because it was shown, you know, very soon after 9-11 and everyone was on kind of high terrorist alert. And this is so convincing that it could really happen. It's horrible. This is when, like anthrax was the big thing. Yeah, so it was commissioned before 9-11 and before the anthrax attacks. Um, so when those things happened during the production of it, the producers must have been like, yes, fucking get in. <laughs> do they make reference to anthrax? They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was made, yeah, those things happened while it was being made. They did the soundtrack. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has done a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one sounds good. I haven't watched that one. Would you recommend it as like a back-to-back with threads? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're... Mm, yeah, if you yeah. if you want to just feel your life drained afterwards, <laughs> uh, then yeah, do a do a double absolutely. bill. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we actually watched threads a little while ago, and I was just like, oh no, horrors, blah blah blah. And then I, I watched this, and I was like, this is really really good, extremely well done, and very unsettling. And I was like. At least Threads has a couple of tiny moments of levity, but I don't know whether those are actual <laughs> moments that are funny or just because we had a laugh about them at the time. <laughs> what are you laughing at? What, Babickleman? Well, no, the, the the general kind of crap Britishness of all those people stuck <laughs> yeah. in a bunker making phone calls and also the whole the cat skeleton video. Yeah, cat skeleton. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Whereas this is just very, very grim and feels very, very plausible. And I guess I didn't see this at the time. I don't know what the reaction to it was, but I would imagine if somebody tuned in halfway through, they'd be like, is this real? Because mm. it does feel, you know, I don't yeah. know if they had like another kind of ghost watch type situation of people sort of ringing in and going, ah. But... I don't think so, but I remember I was really unnerved by it and, and it stayed with me kind of thing. Mm. Weirdly, watching it now, um, I mean, I suppose post-COVID, it's like, okay, so maybe society wouldn't actually break down in the way that suggested in this film because it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> one of the things they didn't foresee in Smallpox 2002 was the idea that there'd be loads of people actually pushing against public health measures. Mm. And that is an odd thing. At the end of it, um, it turns out the terrorist, well, he leaves a note, which is a passage from Ezekiel from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the very next film I watched was my low from this month, She Who Must Burn, which begins with that very same passage. Oh, spooky. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Anyway, uh, yeah, scary one. Uh, moving on, where better to set a disease-based horror than a hospital, like the one in the Japanese film Infection, or Garth Marenghi's Dark Place of the Movie, as it might as well have been called? Oh, no, see, I, I didn't, didn't see this, this one. one. Damn. My goth Marenghi was uh, was incredible melting man. Mine was um, contracted that because of the the dodgy accents and the oh. medical stuff. Turns out goth Marenghi was the friends we made along the way. Absolutely, mm. not a great movie. Kind <laughs> of interesting. It's, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of goopiness to it, but I don't remember being enthralled by it. I was like, oh, okay. That one can, you know, kind of go out of the mind. All right, we can probably skip over that then, but um, <laughs> we've held it off for as long as possible. It's time to talk about M. Night Shyamalan's latest effort, mm -hmm. Old, which, to be honest, has a lot less getting old and decaying than this poster suggests. But we've all suffered through it, so let's give it a good going over. Oh, God, is all oh. I can say. <laughs> he just he doesn't really know how to write people anymore, does mm -hmm. he? It's like he was trying to go for the play-like vibe of Kudu uh, Sacred Deer, but it came off as, I work all day with people behind glass. Will I be them? I can't believe that the producers or whatever, the people who fund his films, don't say, 
can we uh, just rewrite this a bit, make it better? <laughs> yeah. It's like, does he have something in his contract? He's like, every word I write is gospel and not a single bit is getting changed. And Yeah, that was the first draft, wasn't it? If that. <laughs> I mean, there's one bit where someone says, your husband made a fast decision. And it's like, surely he didn't think, yeah, that's the line, a fast... I would have thought he'd gone, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? I oh, know I'll put, I'll put fast decision for now and I'll come back and change it later to something better. Uh, but no, that's in the film. Your husband made a fast decision. It's just, it's, oh, there's no poetry to it. And well, the rapper being called mid-sized sedan. Yeah. It's almost like mm. a joke, but he doesn't do, <laughs> Shyamalan doesn't do humour. So what, what's that about? Oh yeah, he does. He does children rapping, remember? Have you seen Stuart Little? Oh. He wrote Stuart Little. <laughs> no. Did he actually? I'm not sure I'm right, Stuart Little, yes. <laughs> I, did, yeah, I, did. I haven't seen it. It's about lads. He's called Stuart and he's quite small. Little mouse. Is that the twist? He was a mouse. <laughs> I hate that M. Night Shyamalan thinks it's a good thing to put himself in every single one of his films now. Yeah. Because he can't act for shit and he puts himself in so much of this film. Mm. This is my movie and I'm in it. Everyone gets old. Mm. I'm M. Night Shyamalan and I'll do what I like. Do what I want. <laughs> He can't seed anything, can he? It's like if, if someone needs to have a particular area of specialist knowledge or a skill or something, you don't hear about it any earlier on in the film. It's just when they need that skill, they suddenly go, oh, I can swim really fast. Or, mm. oh, I went to, I'm an archaeologist. But when he does try and seed it, it just makes it really fucking irritating. Like the dad mm. going, I work in insurance and here's probabilities. It's a mess. A mess of a movie. Absolute bollocks. And it goes on for way, way too long. <laughs> Why would they make my films? Yeah. Why do they make this man's films? I haven't got any films, but... You've got Divorced Dad Vampire Killers. It's true, Divorced Dad Vampire Killers. Go on, Hollywood. <laughs> you know, stop being cowards. Make Divorced Dad Vampire Killers, you cowards. <laughs> I can't believe there's actually, like, a couple of decent actors in this as well. I hope they manage to... I don't know, buy a big house with the money. Mm. It's just annoying that Alex Wolf, because Hereditary was before this, wasn't it? Mm. It's weird that in this, he his acting is atrocious in this. Like he gets, it's, it's obvious because he's been given such a bad script. Mm -hmm. But it's also it's so confusing because it's like the whole horror element is supposed to be it's a six year old boy in a grown man's body. But like clearly at one point, Shyamalan was like, oh shit, is this going to be really quite difficult and maybe a little bit offensive to write because if it's a 50-year-old man with a six-year-old's mentality, where does that cross the line? And then magically out of note, it's like halfway through writing the script, he's like, oh no, that's a bit problematic, is it? He's, he's grown now, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think M. Night Shyamalan needs to worry about being problematic anymore because he seemed to have thought that with his last four movies now, that schizophrenia and dementia are like really scary things to mm. write about. Mm. And I think he just needs to give up writing on those things now because he, he did it with Split, he did it with Glass, he did it with The Visit. I don't know. I don't know why he came back to horror and just carried on with that exact theme in every single one of his movies. It's just really badly done and insulting in this as well. Mm. You should do it about seasonal affective disorder. There's your challenge. You just know that film would be called Sad, Sad. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the only character in old that I could relate to is the uh, little kid who stays back at the hotel because he says at one point, my uncle doesn't like the coral and uh, <laughs> they were a shit band, weren't they? That's so niche. <laughs> That's like 15 years too late. <laughs> How is that more niche than the <laughs> bit? <laughs> uh, no, it's not that the 
If it was niche, it's, it's completely out of order. Well, it's, yeah, it's out of order, but it's also a little bit like it's the kind of thing that if I did a joke about that, I'd then have to explain to all the people who were too young to know what it was about. And then I'd be like, look, yes, OK, I and am a bad cancelled. <laughs> and then I'd be cancelled. You go on TikTok and you'd have to do an apology. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do Will Smith's apology where he gets a whole camera crew and three cameras to do all different angles while he does his apology. That's what you've got to do now. I've got a uh, broken Android and an iPhone. That'll do. It's a seven minute apology as well. So remember, that's what you've got to do if you're doing an apology now. It has to oh, be seven, seven minutes. Seven minutes. Does he mention that he's learning and growing as a person at any point? Because <laughs> that's the usual standard shit people put in these kinds Is that of what I'm going to have to say about the joke i'm learning and growing yeah. because no one believed me for a fucking minute what you've got to do is you have to let out a sigh first sort out your clothes <sighs> and then sit down in a chair and that's how, that's how you start it now sort out his clothes well you know you've got to sit down and make sure that you've straightened up your shirt and everything before you start doing the apology that is my least favorite trope in it's kind of men's fashion uh, I'll talk about fashion. something my least favourite trope in apology videos. No, no, no. Like in, in men's fashion shoots, or not not even fashion shoots, just like when someone famous who's a man is being interviewed and they get a photo shoot, fucking nine times out of ten, it'll be a shot of them adjusting their cuffs or adjusting their tie or whatever. It's like, this is bullshit. We know you got dressed before the camera started shooting. Why are you doing all this? What's it What's it supposed to represent? This is very old man shouts at Cloudcliff. <laughs> is it? Is it though? It's quite random. I, I've always wondered that as well. I just, because it's like, I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to convey other than I'm a big boy and I dress myself. Yeah, because it's not like you get women's fashion shoots with like, I don't know, Kate Moss going like, I'll oh, just put my tits in, get my tits yeah. in it. <laughs> It's like somebody hoiking their tights up halfway through a photo. Shoot. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. I don't understand what this man photo thing is. It's like, I suppose it's like, it's not a kind of pose, is have it? Ever done the, have you ever done the, the walking down the street whilst trying to subtly hoik your tights up move? Yeah. You're sort of taking longer yeah. strides and sort of... Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. So, old as a movie. Are we still talking um, about that? I don't know. But it's not as entertaining about talking about your gusset. No. Um, All right, well, glad you think my gusset is fun. It's gusset of tights. <laughs> Should we move on? No. <laughs> and before we, appropriately enough, lose the will to live, let's move on to our second feature, which is Brandon Cronenberg's debut from 2012, Antiviral. Fame. Glamour. Perfection. What if you could find it all at the tip of a needle? Here at the Lucas Clinic... We strive to bring you closer to celebrity than ever before. With samples drawn directly from the source, you can be connected in ways you never imagined. Do you not agree that the mania surrounding celebrity is reaching an unhealthy level? No, I don't. My clients want to feel more connected to those people that they see in the magazines and on television. Enjoy. So far, I've had all her diseases. <laughs> Must have been expensive. Is there any way you could spread it? <laughs> Celebrity culture has become so extreme that people are paying to be infected with the same viruses that their heroes have. But one legitimate virus salesman's flirtations with the black market lead him to discover a shady side of the business. Uh, Bryony, you picked this. I did. It's got a beautiful man in it. That was the main reason. What? Are you talking about Caleb Landry Jones? <laughs> I am, yes. He's the other really mucky looking young man. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he was the I mucky man. I told you man. like mucky men. I love them. I mean, he looks yeah. like he literally reeks of smegma. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. 
Um, really? <laughs> no, he doesn't look like he reeks of smegma. No, now I'm contemplating whether he looks like he reeks of smegma. I think he. Uh, he is attractive in a kind of an androgynous sort of spooky way. You know, some actors who are kind of beautiful, but also kind of look a bit like they're half alien or half tree. Mm. He's a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I enjoy people who look really ill. There's an attractiveness to them, I agree. Yeah. Mm. Someone a bit like gaunt just, and yeah, yeah. Just yeah. pale, just a bit unwashed, just a bit... <laughs> Just a bit sickly. Oh, God, that was literally everyone I had crushes on in my 20s. It's just exactly. like, oh, yeah, you, you look like you're dying. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I'd be smoking a licorice roll up and just cough it up. Yeah. This must be why you hang out in the uh, London Road area of Brighton so much. Yeah, no, I love it. Oh, he's going, he's going in the wank bank. <laughs> Every time someone with half a leg goes first. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking comment no I chose this not just because of the ill looking man who I probably would uh, I chose it because it's just it's. I really enjoy how good it is I've lost all oh, my brilliant, words brilliant. <laughs> sorry no, but I've got them all in my head and they've just like it's just so bleak it's so like clean and but also gross I really like the, the juxtaposition between you know the human meats like made from your celebrity it's quite a like a heavy-handed like it's, it's sort of a brick wall what it's saying but um i enjoy how it looks i enjoy how it's just a bit odd i enjoy how gross most people are i really enjoy just like the miley cyrus gets a cold sore you can get a cold sore too and just like the way he sells that is just so horrible but also sexy and just disgusting um it's just it's it's great it's a really great debut i think I like it a lot more in the wake of Possessor because I've, you know, sort of attuned to his style now and he had his style absolutely nailed. Yeah, I, like, I do like this film now. I think this is better than Possessor, I think. I'd agree. I think this is better. Yeah, I, I agree on that as well. It's just I really enjoy the sort of the noir aspect of it. Mm. I just, I like how sexy and gross it is at the same time. It's confusing. It's all of that and it's also very, very sure of the kind of world that it's created mm, mm. where you kind of completely buy into this sort of fucked upness but you've also got this kind of glossiness and this weirdness. Yeah, I, I like how you go properly into it. Like the little sex dungeon stuff is disgusting. The back room of the butchers is disgusting and it doesn't shy away from it. And like you said, it's, it's very sure and very confident. Mm. I suppose that it's inevitable you sort of compare it to uh, David Cronenberg stuff. But the one part of his dad's oeuvre, it reminded me of, I can't say that word with Please say it again like that. <laughs> I can't say it without sounding really. You know the bit where um, Caleb Landry Jones has the grill in his mouth in that night. Yeah, that's, oh, that's that, so that, that, that sounded like how he'd say oeuvre if, <laughs> yeah. if you had that in your mouth. The bit of David Cronenberg's oeuvre that it, it reminded me of was, um, you know, in Videodrome where you've got the mission, the cathode yeah. ray mission, where everyone's got little tellies that are on like sort of drips. It was yeah. a little bit like that. Absolutely. And the kind of scanners y. Well, like the noir element of it that Brian mm. mentioned as well. The other thing for me with antiviral is just how real it feels to like the world we live in now. You know, it sometimes feels like we're not one step off eating celebrities, you know, meat cuts. And that scene makes me feel so sick to my stomach. Like it just makes me really uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, obviously Caleb Laundry Jones is is also very beautiful, which helps the film uh, move along because it's a bit slow in places. I mean, if I realised that he was such a hot man, then I would have probably um, treated myself. I've done a load of heroin when I was 20. <laughs> I never watched. And in fact, 
used smegma as a deodorant. Um, <laughs> doesn't look like that. He just looks like he's a haunted, beautiful man. Um, side note, yeah. Malcolm Dowell's in this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why was he shot almost entirely in profile? Does anyone know? The entire time he's on screen, I swear to God, he's in profile. Maybe the other side of his face was painted up like a sexy lady and he was re... He was like, I, I envisaged this character as being very, very influenced by the video for Babushka by Kate Bush. He was filming two films at the same time. Yeah. And with, like you said, with the, with the painted face, that's the other film that he was filming. He does a lot of movies. He's a very busy man, so, you know. I never pick up on film things because I'm just like, ah, it's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. And I was just like, oh, is that important? Um, but I couldn't find anything on the internet confirming if it's important, so I'm just going to say it's important. Luke, as a vegan, would you eat synthetically grown meat cut from your favourite celebrity, Wallace, Alpha Wallace and Gromit? <laughs> Wallace and Gromit, yeah, yeah, I would. You yeah. Well, that's what meat is, it? it's plasticine, so Wallace is a bad example. <laughs> I'd eat a bit of that plasticine, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Non-toxic. <laughs> it would make you feel closer to him, yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you prefer Wallace or Gromit? I don't know if we've ever established this. Oh, that's a hard one. I, I'm Wallace, but I do, you know, Gromit's Gromit's close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. I feel like Antiviral was released at the wrong time. I think it's a great film. I remember seeing this in the cinema and loving it. I know people were obsessed with celebrities at that point, but I think if it had to come out like a couple of years ago, I think the satire would have worked even better like i know it does work well back then mm. but i think for some reason there's a lot of hate towards this film which i've never understood really? um yeah for some reason a lot of people really don't like it and think that it's just mm. too pretentious but because of the satire that it does um i think if you watch it now it is a lot more relevant it's like nathan barley in that regards mm. yeah yeah people didn't yeah. get it at the time but now no, it's no we live it yeah <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of our disease and decay episode. We're cured. Back to reality. Back to reality. Bacteria. Bacteriality. Back to. But not before we've played scary noises. So, Zoe, do you know how to play this? I'm going to play uh, six pairs of film clips. You have to identify each pair. You're on a team with Bryony. You're against Luke and Emily. And one half of each pair will be from a disease and decay movie. Buzz in when you know either or both. You get one point for each. Three points if you get both. What buzzer noise have you got, Zoe? Perfect. (laughs) Showing me right up. I'm doing it for us both. Yeah, we've got to make the noise. (laughs) No, I'm going to make my noise. Oh, yeah. What is your noise, Bryony? Cough, cough. I'm ill. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Steamed. Uh, Emily, you've got the shaky egg. Luke, take it, you've got the frog. Hey, Gromit. Shall we see what's on the wireless? Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Perfect. There we right. go. That's, that's my buzzer. Great. All right, here's uh, your first pair of scary noises. So you guys are what, like a cult? We're the idealistic individuals who want to build a better world. Yeah, that's a cult. It's all right. Not judging. Just pay me. We're good. Hey guys, you should uh, you should see this. No, nothing. I've seen the cult one, but I couldn't. They're in a van. Is it um Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It is. Yeah, the new sequel. Yeah. Thank you. We're all done. Did you get the music? No. 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 No one. That was the bay. Okay, number two. My body temperature hits 86 degrees. You're gonna hit me with 200 joules. 
electric current will stop my heart. When the heart is dead, take the mask off. Yes, Zoe. Is it maybe altered states? No. The dialogue? No, nice no. guess, nice guess. Uh, do you want to guess the music, Jan Briony? It was all like, is it Melted Man? Yes, well done. Yeah. So, Luke and Emily, can you get the dialogue? When my body temperature hits 86 degrees, you're going to hit me with 200 joules. The electric current will stop my heart. When the heart is dead, take the mask off. Where's Manus? I thought you said Rachel was coming. Step will shut the door. Wait a minute. I'm going to draw 20 cc's. You handle the injections. On the EEG flatlines, brain is dead. I'll be exploring. Is it just flatliners? Yep. It is. So yeah, that was the incredible Melton Man music and the dialogue was from the original Flatliners. Number three. Everything was gone. My clothes, my purse. Hey, oh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the dialogue is bite. It is. Did you get the music? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, Emily? It's some classical music. That's what it was. If you no, guess that, Emily. Didn't hear enough of it. All right. Zoe and Brian, can you get the music? Everything was gone. My clothes, my my ring is gone. Where the hell did you go? I don't know. I can't fucking remember. Are you filming this? What the fuck is wrong with you? No. I've got no idea. It's modern. Nothing. It was uh, It Chapter 2. Oh, that's when the, the old lady makes her a cup of tea and then turns exactly. into a big... Old lady. Exactly, lady. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old lady. Big old lady. Does she put any, any tea in the cup, though? Or... <laughs> At the halfway point, it is two all. So here's number four. Not an effect of everyone buying stuff. A cough, cough, I'm ill, I'm ill. Yes, Brian. It's a good puzzle. Uh, Smallpox 2002. And that's the dialogue, the dialogue. yeah. Music. Do you know? That was a complete guess because I didn't even see it. I didn't even see it. I'm just very impressed with myself. I can recognise British BBC accents. Mm, I'd need to hear the music again. All right, well, you can't. It's Luke and Emily to get the music. <laughs> Not an effect of anyone buying stuff. Mine's no different. Very much looking forward to the lovely variation in being on toast. What? what? How? Mm. Shit. Yeah, it's gone. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Luke, Emily, did you get the music? No. That was from the Black Phone. Oh, ah, I thought I is, is it when the dreams are happening? That was actually from the title, from the title sequence. Oh, okay. Number five. <laughs> or else we kill her. I swear to God, I'll fucking shove the shit up her fucking crotch. You feel this fucking knife? I'll shove it in her fucking cough, cough, I'm Yes, Ill, yes, I'm yes. I'm gonna say it's that shit bone one that no one watched. Bone sickness? No, it's not. Yeah. Oh. Was that your guess for the music or the dialogue? Uh, neither. Bone <laughs> <laughs> dialogue, I guess. Alright, do you want to guess the music? Uh, no, not really. Okay, can you get the music or the dialogue, Luke and Emily? <laughs> Or else we kill her. I swear to God, I'll fucking shove the shit up her fucking crotch. You feel, you feel this fucking knife? I'll shove it up her fucking crotch, the horse! You gotta go show her. Come on, baby. Come on. 
Don't tease him. Go show him. Blood into your fucking bitch. It's quite difficult. Mm. Can I guess the music? Yeah. Was it Contracted Part Two? Oh, <laughs> well done. Yeah. Because oh. it was a guy with the silly little guitar song. Yeah, yeah, that awful song, yeah. Yes. Dialogue, any ideas at all? Hey, Shall we see what's on the wireless? It's not from Wallace and Gromit, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually put that one in for you, Zoe. I thought you might have recognised August Underground's Mordom. Uh, I was going to say maybe The Last House on the Left. Ah, right, no. August Underground's Mordom. So it is three all, and here is the final pair. <gasps> That's a lot of food. Well, kids eat a lot of food. And you got three. Cough, cough, Emily, Emily, Emily. Yes, Emily's going first. Uh, the dialogue is from old. It is. And the music? Uh, don't know because I got excited about getting the dialogue. Luke? Brain dead. It's not brain dead. You're just looking around your room at posters. Zoe and Bryony <laughs> to draw level. Um, can you get the music? That's a lot of food. Well, kids eat a lot of food. And you got three of them with you. Okay. Oh, seems like a waste, but thank you. Could you help us carry some of these bags, please? We've got an elderly person here and a child. I'm sorry, I gotta get back, but it's not far. Just walk down, you'll see a beautiful slot canyon. Walk through that, and in a few minutes you'll be there. Enjoy, everybody. That's really hard. It's just like noises. <laughs> computer noises. What's a scary computer? Is it from maybe smallpox? No, it is from Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Oh, okay. That's scary computers. That is scary computers and stuff, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there we go. 4-3 to Luke and Emily. Well done. <laughs> Zoe, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. No I worries. I love talking about decay and disease good 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 uh so you're just winding up your original zobo with a shotgun uh channel aren't you and launching a new venture yes so finished um new french extremity season and i've joined forces with um kelly gredner who is the co-host of another um like extreme cinema podcast called spinsters of horror so mm -hmm. we've joined forces to launch um our bloody obsession where we look at, yeah, very nasty, horrible films, which I can't wait for. What you got coming up? Uh, we just covered uh, Lucifer Valentine's oh, A Perfect hell. Child of <laughs> Satan, and okay. then uh, Megan is Missing. Uh -huh. And coming up, we have a rewatch for Christmas of August Underground Trilogy. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, I say lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, actually, I really like Mordom. Um, anyway, next month, eagle-eyed, no, eagle-eared listeners. <laughs> the eagles have no, owl-eared listeners, owl-eared listeners will have noticed that it will be episode 69. Way, way, lads, And so we'll be getting suitably sexy with some erotic horror. Uh, between this month and next, it's like a double bill of don't forget to use a Johnny. Luke has chosen something I'd never even heard of, to be honest. Evil Come, Evil Go from 1972. I hadn't heard of it either. I just, I just Googled. Is it Come spelt C-U-M? It's not, no. Oh, right, okay, so who knows what we're going to let ourselves in for there with our first feature, or one of our features. Uh, the other feature, well, Emily, do you want to choose one then? Because you and Luke run uh, so many noises. Can I 
pick uh, La Bette, a.k.a. The Beast. Mm, good choice. And CJ will be back with us for that one. So we might be rolling out the old post-porn fact jingle more than once if you're ready for such excitement. <laughs> We are at DevilX5 on Twitter. Come follow us and let us know what you think of the show and the films we cover. Uh, we'll be back next month with Evil Come, Evil Go, La Bette and more horny horror movies. But until then, I'm going to retire to my sickbed. I hope it's nothing terminal. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.